Get your day started right. This is POC Breakfast with Gulam Fakir and Sabira Sheikh Only on the Voice of the Cape. So while crime in the Western Cape remains at an all-time high, Western Cape Detectives head Jeremy Vieri has been dismissed after he was found guilty of uh, alleged misconduct for posts on social media, allegedly directed at National Police Commissioner Kehle Setole. Now, this received obviously mixed reactions from various political parties and community activists. And yesterday, Cape Flat Safety Forum Chairperson A.B. Isaac said that they have noted with concern that the dismissal of Vieri and that whenever there was a vacant post in the Western Cape and the best person that they know would be the correct one for the job, there was always an issue. He was obviously referring to the Provincial Commissioner post, which is yet to be filled. Others have cited this move as being short-sighted and politically motivated. Aldred de Klerk, Senior Policing and Social Conflict Specialist for Africa Centre for Security and Intelligence uh, Praxis joins us online. Aldred, good morning. Thank you so much for your time this morning on 91.3 FM. What do you make of this? Are they being short-sighted with this dismissal? Good morning, Gulam, and good morning to your listeners. Um, short-sighted insofar as that it's a, a rather what we call a, trunk, a truncated uh, process. Um, three hearings were, were, were heard, or there was three, three hearings had. Um, at the end of it, a verdict was given, and without delay, um, the verdict was upheld, uh, guilty, and fired. Mm. Well... <laughs> The police is already not known for any sort of succession planning, for any sort of strategic um, guidance and direction. It seems to be relatively reactive, um, and it seems to be dealing with what's in front of their noses. Of course, this is going to impact not only um, what happens with detective services in the province. You can't just replace one person with another and simply think that the job will get done because they need to enjoy the credibility and respect of the offices they lead, and they need to have a a clear understanding of the context and direction of where policing should be going in the province, and we can't be assured that the next person to be appointed will actually have that. Mm. And and I mean, if you were to look at, um, you know, the general feeling from uh, many activists and so forth, you know, the, the word trust comes up often. Does these actions actually create mistrust in SAPs? Oh, it sends a very clear message to all officers um, that you dare not raise any concerns about the leadership of the police. And this is the issue. Where do the rank-and-file officers air grievances, air concerns, air issues and problems facing them, air issues with the institution and its leadership? Where? Where's that debate being held within the South African police? What are the avenues for addressing this? And how do we, who support them and are grateful for the service they render, support them in making sure that the conditions at work is one yes. that, that actually allows them to work um, in a safe and respected environment where they, even their inherent dignity mm. um, is upheld. There is no such avenue within the South African police service. So that's the first thing. So it continues this culture of silence and it continues to effectively shut up the officers who dare speak up. So that's the first kind of impact that we have. Secondly, it also sends a message to us, the community, that we dare not criticize the police, that we dare not ask critical questions, we dare not raise issues 
because they cannot be trusted to simply listen yeah. and to respond to the issue rather than to the message rather than how the message was delivered. Mm. And obviously, I mean, that is now obviously setting a precedent. Of, of course. And, and this precedent is one that will have huge repercussions, both for the institution and for the relationship that we have with the police. Because the police has already been accused of simply just ignoring the pleas and cries of communities, of not truly engaging them. And this is partly our fault. I mean, partly people like yourself and the Voice of the Cape and other community radios and other other media have you have tried to keep the spotlight on you you've tried to keep both the political um pundits and the south african police accountable try to judge their performance and try to get questions from them and you've struggled so imagine how the ordinary citizen in in the street struggles to engage the police who simply just say Nah, don't have to answer you. Nah, we don't have to explain things. And they're doing exactly the same with the Jeremy Berry case. It's yeah. a typical example of saying it's an internal matter. There's no comment. Well, it shows a complete lack of imagination on their side. And secondly, they actually ought to be accountable for the decisions they make. And they should be explaining it, even if it's after the fact. Yeah, and you know what, you were talking about, you know, basically it boils down to freedom of speech or, or expression and so forth. And you look at some of the comments that, that was made, many just going, you know, with alleged certain or allegedly the, 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 the post that was, you know, that resulted into mm-hmm. misconduct and so forth. But from, you know, insinuations, firstly, is the one thing, you know, it does that even then amount, you know, for you to be to be sort of dismissed because, you know, there was nothing that was directly that went out directly to the National Police Commissioner. Well, so, so if this was done in the public interest and not because we have one person who feels aggrieved or... Or, or feels that their reputation has been cost dispersions on. Um, if this was done in our interest, yeah? Yeah. Then why is our opinion, why doesn't it matter? So if we're saying we don't find this offensive, even if it was directed at me, mm. that's a yardstick for the reasonable person's test, yeah? So there's two problems or three problems with, with this, with, with the process. One, it was directed supposedly at the National Commissioner. The National Commissioner felt aggrieved. The National Commissioner then appoints a panel without review, without regard, or without a challenge to who the panel should be. That panel then comes up with a verdict, gives it to the very same person who felt aggrieved and who started the panel to execute that unilaterally without any review process. Doesn't go to the minister, doesn't go to the portfolio committee. There's no review of both the process and the evidence and the deci- what informed the decision. It's simply in the hand of, in, in this case, of the National Commissioner. Surely that process can't be constitutional. Mm. Surely that process in itself is questionable. You, you know what, Aldo, you know, you were speaking about that and uh, something just actually popped up on my WhatsApp line and I thought I wanted to pose it to you anyway. I mean, a lot of people coming out in support of Jeremy Vieri. Firstly, somebody saying, um, you know, that Jeremy Vieri was the best man for the job, uh, for, for commissioner. Another one going further as going, uh, saying as, you know, our, our former Unkunti, which is where members um, who are now, uh, for example, you know, in high rankings within SAPs, uh, such as generals, for example, you know, are they being targeted by corrupt higher powers within SAPs? 
Well, that's the other thing that that I'm pleased you're 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 asking that question because that's the other the other problem that we have here. We need to look at the context in which this is happening. Yeah, it was a so-called expeditious um, uh, process. Yeah, it was sped up deliberately. So on on the face of it, it, it looks like it was. And unless we get asked, we get told otherwise, um, then we can reasonably assume there's a reason for that. What was Jeremy Vary and people like Peter Jacobs? What were they busy with? They were actually casting a spotlight on irregular practices and decisions in the South African police service. They were heading up and looking at to investigate issues of complicity and corruption, for example, and and issues of irregular decision-making, yeah? What is the status of those investigations? Are we now gonna get distracted and be caught in this rift between the old guard and the new guard, uh, between former uh, pro-democracy um, uh, uh, servants of our pro-democracy movement or people who served in the old South African police force. No, that's not the issue. The issue is what were they doing when, they got, when, when, when people sought to act against them? They were investigating the very institution that is now seeking to remove them. What is the state of those investigations? Where are those allegations? Why are we not proceeding with that? That's, that's part of it. Part of that spotlight led to the national minister calling for a panel to consider the fitness for office of the, the very national commissioner that is now that is now sought to move against these officers. What's happening to that panel? Why has that panel not been appointed by the president? Why is Parliament not getting involved mm. in this process? Mm. And then where is the portfolio committee, the civilian secretariat, and why is the ministry not strong enough to say, halt that process, let's take this decision on review? Yeah, you know what, Aldrich, I'm going to leave the discussion there. It's something that we should actually be looking at a lot more, um, you know, in depth.